Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. We are back. We are back. We are back. And it feels so good to finally talk to everyone again. It's been a couple of months now since the uh, season finale, end of season three. This is season four for those that are keeping count. And my name is Ed Easton Jr. For those that are listening for the first time, thank you. And this show is basically the ultimate sports nerd show. So, you know, you hear a lot of different shows. They, they talk about uh, specific things that happened in sports. Like, for example, you might hear different podcasts say, well, that person should be traded. That person should be this. That person should be that. You'll get a little of that here. But most of the time, you're going to get interesting stories within sports that I just never really, you know, thought got its due. If you understand what I mean, I just feel like there's certain things in sports that we just never actually got a chance to um, to talk about or or just uncover some stories. Like, for example, an episode that we've had on the show was uh, with NBA Jam and the 25th anniversary. I was lucky enough to get the voice of NBA Jam on the show, uh, Mr. Tim Kittrow. And, and that was a. Uh, it was such a big deal for me because I remember being a kid growing up and listening to um, just him saying yes and he's on fire and all those different things in the arcades and being a fan of the game. This is the type of show that is. It's that little, those little things that you may have picked up on in sports, um, popular culture that kind of mix together that aren't really discussed that much. And that's what Sports Social is about. So uh, if this is your first time listening, thank you. Hope you stay. Hope you subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Brooklyn Free Speech Radio as well, welcome. You know, there's going to be plenty of more avenues that I want to put the show out to. And uh, I just want people to discover it and understand what the whole mission is. So with that being said, today's episode, I didn't want to just have a full black history show. Yes, it's Black History Month. Yes, it's February. Yes, we're right before Valentine's Day. I know a lot of people are going out there rushing to get their candy. But today's show, I really wanted to talk about Jackie Robinson. And and yes, we know the basics. We know that he broke the color barrier and everything that you've been taught since you've been in elementary school. Like I, I understand that. But what is it about Jackie Robinson that people may may have missed or may not have realized. And I, I want to do some research about the man since this is his uh, centennial, this is his 100th birthday. If he was alive, he, he would have been 100. And I, I thought that the different celebrations that Major League Baseball is going to be doing throughout the year, as well as uh, different you know places that will be honoring him, especially this month, it's, uh, it's really great. And it gives people a chance to really understand him as not just the baseball player that broke, you know, broke ground did all these great things, but uh, just his him as a family man, him as a uh, just an all around athlete as well. I mean, the guy was just a complete athlete in terms of what he did, not only on baseball, but in football and in basketball. And uh, I'm just going to play a, a lot of different testimonials, a lot of different uh, eyewitness reports from people that either spoke to Jackie Robinson or watched him play and just to share uh, their opinions on him. Because, uh, like I said, this guy still, even though we're, you know, we're talking 100 years, is just now getting his due. And I, I think it's amazing. And, and everything that he had brought to um, 
just baseball, what he's done, brought to sports, and what he's brought as me, as an African-American, just breaking barriers and how important it is to stay true to who you are and believe in what you're trying to do and not having any fear. And I think that's, that's the main thing that Jackie Robinson has always meant to me is somebody that broke a barrier, somebody who wanted to do something and just did it. He didn't care what other people believed in. He didn't think, he didn't really want to, how can I say this? He didn't want to settle into a role for everyone to just be like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. He needs to be doing this because he's this. No, he's doing this because he wants to do this. And that is to me very impactful and what I think is great about him. So going on in New York City, since that's where we are and that's where we're recording, there are different um, monuments, there are different um, things that have been done. Uh, I know that the New York Mets, in, um, they have the Jackie Robinson Rotunda out in City Field, out in Queens. That's a big deal. Uh, there's Obviously, they, they always pay homage to him at the park in Brooklyn in Coney Island for the Cyclones. They always show love because, remember, there was the Brooklyn Dodgers were originally the only team in Brooklyn, and then you got the other baseball team not until many years later after the Dodgers went on and moved to L.A. You have uh, the minor league team affiliate, the Brooklyn Cyclones. That's the new Brooklyn team. They always show homage to Jackie and everything that he brought to the game. So you got to talk about that. You also, there's actually an exhibit going on in the dugout with Jackie Robinson at the Museum of the City of New York is uh, currently going on. I had the the honor of going down there and visiting and, and really getting to know what went on with the idea process of putting together this amazing museum as, well, not museum, it's the exhibit. They actually have a full museum that is coming soon, which will be on Varick Street in downtown Manhattan coming uh, later this year. And I'm looking forward to that as well. But uh, the exhibit in the dugout with Jackie Robinson featured 30 photos and and different scenes of just parts of his life that people may not have noticed. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's on my Instagram. If anybody's interested in seeing a preview of it, it's at Ed Easton Jr. Check me out on Instagram for that. It was really cool, just really iconic photos that you wouldn't expect. And I had um, a bit, I was a little surprised. I had a, a fan who uh, stopped by. He was an older an older gentleman, and he wanted to show me and explain to me different photos and how they meant to him because he grew up during the time of Jackie Robinson. When he was a kid, he went to a, a bunch of uh, Brooklyn Dodger games, and he was a Jackie Robinson fan and also a Pee Wee Reese fan, and he broke down different photos and what they meant as well as some of the things that he experienced watching as a kid and just understanding from going to the ballpark. So I was able to record a little bit of our conversation, and I'm going to be happy to share it with you guys as well. Uh, it was just, it was really nice. Um, you know, just the, the different photos and just sitting there and and just seeing how like Ebbets Field and how they had it set up and how Jackie was in the clubhouse, as well as just him at home. They showed him with his wife, with his kids. It was really, um, it was really cool the way they have it set up there. I think it's for a limited time, so make sure you get down there. It's uh, in the dugout with Jackie Robinson. Google it, get your information, make sure you go down there knowing what you're looking for. It's uh, really a good time. Um, also, like I said, they're going to have downtown Manhattan soon on Varick Street, a full museum of everything about Jackie Robinson in his honor. It's going to be this year, I believe, towards a little bit later in the summer. It may be open, 
but uh, we're going to get all the details as soon as we can, and it's going to be huge. Um, I'm actually going to play some of the audio from the introductory press conference when he broke ground on the actual museum about a year or two ago, and you could just hear from the different people that were involved, from Jackie Robinson's family to just people from Major League Baseball and how big this is going to be, just to give you a preview of what what's to expect. And I think it's such a great thing, and for everything that's happened in the civil rights movement, to have a, a whole museum dedicated to Jackie Robinson and his his whole um, fight to just be included and excel in the game of baseball. Another thing that caught my eye when when just looking up more things about Jackie Robinson was his just his um ability to be so great in every other sport and how it's just not talked about. His records that he holds at UCLA in basketball and football are just like amazing. And I learned this honestly from the NBA of all places, not Major League Baseball, but from the NBA. They did this amazing series called uh, In the Paint, well, Beyond the Paint, I should say, where they break down different things going on in the game and outside of it. And Jackie Robinson obviously was the topic. And just the stuff they were breaking down about his, uh, his involvement, what he did in college, and just his overall appeal as an athlete and how he chose baseball over other sports. He probably would have been a better football player, but uh, baseball was his choice. And it's kind of interesting when you hear the whole Kyler Murray situation now. And his choice obviously is a lot different than what Jackie had to do back in the day, that he chose to go to baseball with all the segregation, with all the different things going on. He decided baseball was a sport for him. I just think that's amazing. And uh, I'm going to try to play some audio from that as well. And just give even more in-depth reason for Jackie Robinson, his importance to the game and to just us as as a society. So uh, it was really cool. Uh, I had a lot of fun just learning about that. Uh, Also, some stories about Jackie Robinson. And I saw this clip about a while ago. This this was on MLB, um, MLB's YouTube page. Vince Scully, the legendary announcer for the Dodgers, just retired about a year or two ago. He announced all those games for Jackie Robinson, and he talks about having this. It's, it's like a, a weird story. It's about a skating story, ice skating, with Jackie and his wife at the and his wife. And I was thinking to myself, like, how does he have a story about skating with Jackie Robinson? And it's really funny when you hear it. It's about two minutes long. I can't wait to play for you guys just so you can. Uh, uh, just get an understanding. And uh, Vince Scully is a legend, a living legend. And for him to just tell a story like that, he even said himself, he's like, yeah, I got a story just ice skating with Jackie Robinson. Like, that's just the way it was. So uh, I thought that was cool. And I, I have plenty more clips that I will play just to honor the man. This is, once again, his 100th birthday. So just salute to him. And before we go to break, I do want to first give a big shout out and just acknowledgement to Mr. Frank Robinson, who just who just passed away. Uh, Frank Robinson, uh, legend in the game of baseball, breaking the, he was another part of breaking the color barrier. Won the MVP in both leagues, both the American League and the National League. Um, as a manager, broke ground. He did different things. He's one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and uh, he passed away this past week. So it's it's just interesting all the different legends that we have to acknowledge and and realize hey you know they're not here forever and I I do believe in a whole situation of you know people deserve to get the roses while they can still smell them 
and we need to look at our greats, whether it's in sports, music, any type of entertainment, history, politics, and we have to show them the thanks that they deserve. And it's it's really a big deal. And I, like I said, Jackie Robinson is the topic for today, but this really goes out to everybody that's helped break ground and give people like myself an opportunity to do what we love and just let us let everyone know that we're not taking it for granted, that this does mean a lot and we're just forever thankful. And with that being said, we're going to step aside for a break. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio, iHeartRadio and Spotify. natural fact when Jackie comes to bat the other team is through did you see Jackie Robinson hit that ball did he hit it yes and that ain't all he's so whole yes yes Jackie's real gone iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations plus your on-demand music collection all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to Offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. 
When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Uh, you can hear the excitement in everyone's voices about this living, breathing testament to Jackie Robinson and almost imagine the kids uh, who will come here one day and be impacted by their visits here. And now we're going to hear from a leader who has masterfully addressed Major League Baseball's economic uh, governance and policy issues for decades, tasked now with leading the great American pastime into its next chapter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please join me with a warm welcome for the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Mr. Robert Manfred. Thanks, Good morning, everyone. I uh, can't tell you what a pleasure it is to be here for this long-anticipated, groundbreaking on a permanent memorial here in New York City for Jackie Robinson. I want to congratulate Rachel, Sharon, Della, Britton, Baeza, the entire Jackie Robinson Foundation on bringing this project to fruition and bringing it to life. Major League Baseball is really proud to have contributed to this project. But quite frankly, we're even prouder of our long relationship with the Jackie Robinson Foundation, our relationship with the 30 JRF uh, uh, scholars that Major League Baseball and its clubs support, and our relationship with the Breaking Barriers program, which is, the, of course, the brainchild of my friend Sharon Robinson. Every year on April 15th, baseball pauses to honor the legacy of Jackie Robinson. We undertake this unique celebration because Jackie's breaking of the color barrier is literally the greatest moment in the history of baseball. It is the greatest moment because Jackie took our game beyond sport and injected it, made it a part of a movement that literally began a process of change in America that is still ongoing today. The best thing about Jackie Robinson Day each year is it forces baseball to pause, think about what it's accomplished, and even more important, focus on the work that we all still have to do. Finally, I can't leave here without saying a word about the wonderful woman who stood at Jackie Robinson's side as he made history. Rachel has a unique grace and presence Coupled with her long and tireless work to preserve and enhance Jackie's legacy, it has made Rachel literally an American treasure. There's a lot of great things about being the commissioner of baseball. One of the very best is to have an opportunity to work with a great woman, Rachel Robinson. So Rachel, thank you. And we look forward to being your partner for a very long time.
Thank you so much, uh, Commissioner Manfred, and how beautifully said and how exciting that Major League Baseball, continuing under your leadership, acknowledges more than 60 years after Jackie Robinson's last game, all that he meant. It's now my honor to introduce a man who has contributed his time, his passion, his enthusiasm to bringing this very special place, this museum, to life. A renowned leader in the insurance and banking industries, heading companies within Citigroup and Willis Group Holdings, and currently Vice Chairman of the First State of Board of Directors, please welcome one of the founding sponsors of the Jackie Robinson Museum and Chairman of the Jackie Robinson Museum's National Legacy Campaign, Mr. Joseph J. Plumeri. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. This is a great day. Um, I, I, I know everyone has acknowledged Rachel. Um, I, I would be remiss if I did not uh, acknowledge you myself. I remember a few years ago when you came to visit me and you talked about being campaign chair for this and your vision and your passion so that Jackie's life could live. And I was so moved by what you said, and I remember that day like it was yesterday. Congratulations on today, and thank you for visiting me and getting me involved in such a great cause. Thank you. I, I want to also acknowledge, I know there's a lot of acknowledgments, but I would feel bad if I didn't do this. I want to acknowledge um, Della, uh, who's uh, done a lot of work. She, I, every time you say Della, she goes, uh, um, don't do that. Everybody understands um, to, and acknowledges the work that you've done so you belong, you know, in, in, in a level uh, that's different than the rest of us because your passion and your drive has brought us here as well. Della, another round of applause. I want to, uh, for those of you who've heard me speak before, this is not going to be long. Relax. Um, I think I think it's important, I think arguably, the Civil Rights Movement began with Jackie Robinson in 1947. And it began here in New York City, but there is no monument, there is no reflection uh, of having done that in New York, and I think it's altogether proper uh, and it's fitting that this be a monument to, I think, arguably, the beginning of the Civil Rights Movement in 1947, and that's why it should be in New York City. Look, everybody's been at a museum. I've been in a lot of museums. Uh, some of them are cool. Um, some of them are not so cool. Uh, a lot of museums uh, are about stuff that happened. And um, that could be unexciting. Um, uh, when you do that, you leave and say, those people were good people, they made nice things. Um, in this particular case, um, this is a museum that will show artifacts uh, of Jackie Robinson. Uh, they will show baseballs and, and, and things that you could see. But I think more importantly, it is a living and breathing monument to what a man stood for which is just as relevant today as it was in 1947. I think what this museum will teach us 
a sense of imagination, a sense of vision that Jackie Robinson had to become the first African-American baseball player in the major leagues and to be able to forge a path for people that were going to follow him. What a wonderful vision to have. What a great sense of imagination that you could only get by a, a showing up at a place like that and feeling the feeling he had. And if we need anything today, we need a sense of imagination. We need a sense of vision for where our country is going. So this museum is far beyond things. It's about feelings and where we're going as a country embodied in a man. I think it also gives us a sense of the commitment the guy had. Commitment today is one of those things that lasts until adversity shows up. Um, I'm committed, but I ran into a little adversity, so I think I'll go to plan B. He had a commitment to stay with it, even though there was a lot of adversity. He had a commitment to be able to stay with it so he knew that he represented the future of baseball and diversification in baseball. And no matter the taunts, no matter what he endured, he stayed committed. Something that we all need to learn because we live in a society today, if it doesn't work, then we go to plan B or plan A and embodied in this museum will be reminded of that. He certainly had purpose. He had purpose and his purpose was to show that he should be included. Included in a game because he thought he was as good if not better than everybody else. And by virtue of his inclusion, the game was better. The team was better. And if we use that as a metaphor, inclusion will make this country better. I, I got to tell you, I remember, you know, trying to be Jackie Robinson. I, I remember as a kid watching Jackie Robinson. I remember I was four years old when he stole third base uh, in 1947. I was 12 years old when he stole third base, uh, stole home plate against the Yankees in 1955. I'm a Yankee fan. I still think he was safe. I want you to know, in those days, I was a pudgy little Italian, and he made me try to steal home plate. Those are the role models that you want. Inclusion is important in this country. Inclusion that didn't happen then is still an issue today. The inclusion is necessary because all of us together is important. None of us are as good as all of us, and this museum will exemplify that. And finally, the passion that he exuded, the passion that he showed us, is something all of us could live by. We're in an age of technology. We're in an age of pushing buttons and delete buttons and send buttons. I'll tell you one thing that you can't write a software program, and that's passion. And that's character, and that's commitment, and that's imagination. You walk in here, you're going to feel all that, and you're going to walk out a better person and make a better contribution to our society. This is a great day for New York. It's a great day for our country. It's a great day for everybody. I'm proud to be included. God bless you. Thank you. Wonderful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. It was beautiful to hear the passion of Joseph uh, so eloquently 
summarizing why we're here today, and I would add also the tenets of education uh, to that and inspiration, because that is also what this building will provide. So I'd like to invite everyone that you've been hearing about today, everyone at the epicenter of the creation and the realization of this dream. So Rachel and Sharon Robinson and Greg Gonzalez and Leonard Coleman, Joe Della. So all, let's get, they're getting their hard hats. Uh, they're getting their shovels. I would like to invite all of you that are taking pictures to please come up here uh, to the front. We're gonna break down this set and we're gonna break ground on the Jackie Robinson Museum. Know, so what an incredible moment, a realization <laughs> of this dream, <laughs> all this hard work. <laughs> NFC, AFC, offensive linemen, defensive tackles, quarterbacks and cornerbacks are all working with United Way for a million little reasons, the kids of our communities, to ensure their academic success all the way to graduation day. You see, it takes about 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a kid becoming one or the other could be a professional athlete or it could be you. Studies showed the earlier we get to kids, the better their chances. So become a United Way volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor, and make a difference in the life of a child, for the life of that child. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Join your favorite NFL players. Take the pledge. Go to unitedway.org. <laughs> what was over here? This was in right field? Yeah, that's, that's the uh, scoreboard in uh, right center field. Mm. And this is, this is the first base coach, Jake Pitlin. Here, mm -hmm. yeah, this right. was the captain of the team. That's Pee Wee Reese, right, right, and Jackie. Mm -hmm. And Pee Wee Reese, mm -hmm. if you read the history, was instrumental in helping the Dodgers to integrate because, and they became mm -hmm. they became lifelong friends. Wow. And Pee Wee Reese was the captain of the team, and he's the one that when Jackie first came to the team. Mm -hmm. The white, the white players, some of the white players got a petition up to get rid of Jackie. Mm. And Pee Wee Reese stopped the petition. Mm. I'm not sure if everybody knows these little... Oh, nobody knew about the... Because you, you seem like the movie came out and they don't even talk about that part of it. Yeah, That's, really. Yeah. You were a Dodgers fan back then? Huh? You were a Dodgers fan back then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because? My father brought me to Abbott's Field when I was... Six, seven years old. Wow. And um, I remember when we got out of the train station, there was mm -hmm. barn, the big barn bread bakery. Yeah. As soon as you got out of the train station, you could smell the bakery, and you knew you were right there by Abbott's Field. Wow. But I'm from Brooklyn, and I've, you know, I've always yeah. heard the stories, and you know, just when I heard about this, yeah. I was like, I, ha I had to come down here. And Abbott's Field. Down the right field line, mm -hmm. it was only 200, I think, then 98 feet. Oh, so it was a short porch. That's right. Yeah. But you had the high fence. Mm -hmm. So you had to hit that 
high enough. A home run high enough to yeah. clear that fence, even though it was only. Yeah. It's like the green wall in uh, the green monster in uh, Boston almost, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And I was at a game mm -hmm. where Big Nuke, Big Nuke was Don Nukem, the pitcher. Mm -hmm. And I was at a game when Don Nukem hit a home run off the center field facade, the upper deck facade. Right, right. And it was a line drive. Oh, man. He was a pitcher. What? Don Nukem. He's yeah, a pitcher. He, yeah, they, his nickname was Big Nuke. Mm. I think he tied, if not broke, he broke the record for the most home runs hit by a pitcher mm -hmm. in, in that period of time, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. He was some home run hitter. And I, I was at that game when he hit Wow. When he hit that center field, upper deck for yeah. something, and that had such a loud bang off it. Oh, and he, was, he, was a, he was a tremendous pitcher. Wow. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time Jackie and I raced each other on ice skates? No, well, I'm not going to tell you now, but uh, that's going to be hit into right field. Ethier on the run picks it off. One away. So Connor Gillespie. And out to right, and Barry Zito coming up. What happened was Rachel and Jackie and I were going up to a resort in the Catskill Mountains a long, long time ago. Being a kid from the east, I had ice skates. Jackie and Rachel said, oh, you're going to go skating. I said, yeah. They said, we'll go with you. Oh, I said, that's great. Now, the only problem was Rachel was about seven months pregnant sure enough she got ice skates now Jackie is putting his skates on alongside of me in the dressing room and he said when we get out there I'd like to race you I said Jack I didn't know you ice skated you're from Southern California I knew football and baseball but I didn't know ice skating squirts down to Gordon two out anyway I said I didn't know you ice skated and Jackie said I've never been on skates in my life so I started to laugh I said hey Jack come on let's face it I mean I'm not a great skater but I can skate he said I know but I said I want to race you because that's how I'm going to learn and if you've never been on ice skates and you put skates on, the first thing you do is walk on your ankles. And sure enough, he was running on his ankles on the ice trying to beat me. But what was as memorable and scarier was Rachel. She was on the ice with a girl whose name I believe was Maureen Millerick, an Olympic skating star. And there was Rachel, seven, eight months pregnant, kind of mincing around on her ice skates. I was at my heart and my throat. But anyway, there aren't very many people who can say, oh, sure, I raced Jackie Robinson <laughs> on ice. Mr. President, President, Mrs. Robinson, ladies and gentlemen, throughout its long history, Major League Baseball has operated under the premise that no single person is bigger than the game. No single person other than Jackie Robinson. In his life, 
and in the remarkable legacy he left for all Americans, Jackie Robinson was and remains bigger than the game. Jackie's entry into Major League Baseball 50 years ago today will forever remain baseball's proudest moment. This evening, we are paying tribute to Jackie for his great achievements and the significant contributions he made to society, all of which helped make our country a better place. In honor of Jackie, Major League Baseball is taking the unprecedented step of retiring his uniform number, number 42, in perpetuity. Those players Those players who currently wear 42, including those like Butch Husky of the Mets and, and Mo Vaughn of the Boston Red Sox, who wear the number in tribute to Jackie, may continue to wear the number for the remainder of their careers. However, number 42, from this day forward, will never again be issued by a major league club. Number 42 belongs to Jackie Robinson for the ages. Ladies and gentlemen, may I now direct your attention to the left field wall for a special unveiling. my pleasure to introduce the President of the United States, Bill Clinton. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Robinson, members of the Robinson family, it is hard to believe that it was 50 years ago at Ebbets Field, that a 28-year-old rookie changed the face of baseball and the face of America forever. Jackie Robinson scored the go-ahead run that day, and we've all been trying to catch up ever since. Today, I think every American should say a special word of thanks to Jackie Robinson and to Branch Rickey and to the members of the Dodger team who made him one of their own 
and prove that America is a better, stronger, richer country when we all work together and give everyone a chance. And today, I think we should remember that Jackie Robinson's legacy did not end with baseball. For afterward, he spent the rest of his life trying to open other doors and keep them open for all kinds of people. He knew that education, not sports, was the key to success in life for nearly everyone. And he took that message to young people wherever he went. I congratulate Rachel Robinson for continuing that mission through the work of the Jackie Robinson Foundation, which has given hundreds of young people a chance to build the life of their dreams. I can't help thinking that if Jackie Robinson were here with us tonight, he would say that we have done a lot of good in the last 50 years, but we can do better. We have achieved equality on the playing field, but we need to establish equality in the boardrooms of baseball and throughout corporate America. And we need to make sure that even as we celebrate his brilliant successor, Tiger Woods' victory in the Masters, We need even more of our young people from all walks of life to get their master's degrees and help to make more of their lives in this country. And he would remind us, look around this stadium tonight, that as we sit side by side at baseball games, we must make sure that we walk out of these stadiums together. We must stand for something more magnificent even than a Grand Slam home run. We ought to have a Grand Slam society, a good society, where all of us have a chance to work together for a better tomorrow for our children. Let that be the true legacy of Jackie Robinson's wonderful, remarkable career and life. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome Mrs. Rachel Robinson. the Jackie Robinson Foundation, Major League Baseball, and all of our constituents, we wish to express our deep appreciation to you tonight for your presence and for the leadership that you are giving to us in crucial aspects of this celebration. This, this anniversary has given us an opportunity as a nation to celebrate together the triumphs of the past, 
and the social progress that has occurred. It has also given us an opportunity to reassess the challenges of the present. It is my passionate hope that we can take this reawakened feeling of unity and use it as a driving force so that each of us can recommit to equality of opportunity for all Americans. I believe the greatest, thank you. tribute that we can pay to Jackie Robinson is to gain new support for a more equitable society and in this heady environment of unity it is my hope that we can carry this living legacy beyond this glorious moment this is a great moment for all of us thank you At the beginning of the World Series of 1947, I experienced a completely new emotion when the National Anthem was played. This time, I thought it was being played for me as much as for anyone else. This is organized Major League Baseball, and I am standing here with all the others, and everything that takes place includes me. About a year later, I went to Atlanta, Georgia to play in an exhibition game. On the field for the first time in Atlanta, there were Negroes and whites, other Negroes besides me, and I thought, what I had always believed has come to be. And what is it that I have always believed? First, that imperfections are human, but that wherever human beings were given room to breathe and time to think, those imperfections would disappear no matter how slowly. I do not believe that we have found or even approached perfection that is not necessarily in the sc scheme of human events. Handicaps, stumbling blocks, prejudices, all of these are imperfect. Yet, they have to be reckoned with because they are in the scheme of human events. Whatever obstacles I found made me fight all the harder, but it would have been impossible for me to fight at all except that I was sustained by the personal and deep-rooted belief that my fight had a chance. It had a chance because it took place in a free society. Not once was I forced to face and fight an immovable object. Not once was the situation so cast-iron rigid that I had no chance at all. Free minds and human hearts were at work all around me, and so there was a probability of improvement. I look at my children now, and I know that I must still prepare them to meet obstacles and prejudices, but I can tell them, too, that they will never face some of these prejudices because other people have gone before them. And to, to myself, I can say, because progress is unalterable, Many of today's dogmas will have vanished by the time they grow into adults. I can say to my children, there is a chance for you. No guarantee, but a chance. And this chance has come to be because there is nothing static with free people. There is no Middle Ages logic so strong that it can stop the human tide from flowing forward. I do not believe that every person in every walk of life can succeed in spite of any handicap. That would be perfection. But I do believe and with every fiber in me, that what I was able to attain 
came to be because we put behind us, no matter how slowly, the dogmas of the past, to discover the truth of today and perhaps find the greatness of tomorrow. I believe in the human race. I believe in the warm heart. I believe in man's integrity. I believe in the goodness of a free society. And I believe that the society can remain good only as long as we are willing to fight for it and to fight against whatever imperfections may exist. My fight was against the barriers that kept Negroes out of baseball. This was the area where I found imperfection and where I was best able to fight. And I fought because I knew it was not doomed to be a losing fight. It couldn't be a losing fight, not when it took place in a free society. And in the largest sense, I believe that what I did was done for me and that my faith in God sustained me in my fight and that what was done for me must and will be done for others. I don't think you realize down here in Birmingham what you mean to us up there in New York. And I don't think that white Americans understand what Birmingham means to all of us throughout this country. And we think about the little kids being tossed from one side of the street to the other by the tremendous force of this hose. And we think about Oh, this picture just sickens me, this big brave policeman down here with his knee on the throat of this lady. And the problem of it is, ladies and gentlemen, is that this same picture of the dogs and of this policeman with his knee in the throat of this lady, it's a picture that's being portrayed throughout the world. And I think the conscience of America is beginning to awaken. I think the first steps that were made here by the Birmingham businessmen with Dr. King and the other leaders down here is an indication that perhaps the conscience of Birmingham is beginning to awaken. The only thing that we are demanding is that we be allowed to move ahead just like any other American citizen. Thank you very much, Mr. Frick. First, let me say how much of a thrill it is to be coming into the Hall of Fame with Bob Feller, Mr. McKechnie and Mr. Rouse. I want to also let you know that I feel quite inadequate here this afternoon or this morning, but I think a lot of this has been eliminated because today it seems that everything is complete. First of all, I want you to know that this honor that was brought upon me here could not have happened without the great work and the advice and guidance that I've had from three of the most wonderful people that I know. And if either of them weren't here today, I know that this day could not be complete. But they're all here, and I just hope you don't mind if I just pay a, a word of thanks and a, a tribute to my advisor and a wonderful friend, a man who I considered a father, Mr. Branch Rickey. And my mother, who taught me so much of the important things early in life, I appreciate no end. My mother, Mrs. Robinson. And, and, and lastly, ladies and gentlemen, my wife, who has been such a wonderful inspiration to me and the person who has guided and advised me throughout our entire marriage. I, I couldn't have been here today without her help. And then I, and, 
am sitting down, I must thank the baseball writers. I never thought at all that I would have this wonderful honor coming to me so early in my lifetime. And to have the writers to elect me on the first time is a thrill that I shall never forget. We have been up in cloud nine since the election. I don't ever think I'll come down. But I want to thank all of the people throughout this country who were just so wonderful during those trying days. I appreciate it no end. It's the greatest honor any person could have. And I only hope that I'll be able to live up to this tremendously fine honor. It's, it's something that I think those of us who are fortunate again must use in order to help others because it's such a tremendous honor that we should be able to go out and do things to help. I'm just grateful and I'm sorry to have taken so long, but I just wanted you to know I appreciate it so much. Thank you. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in. This was a season premiere of Sports Social. Uh, stay tuned for more great episodes every week. And uh, just another quick thank you to everyone involved with the In the Dugout, um, Jackie Robinson at the Museum of New York City. Thank you so much for the opportunity just to stop by and just learn about this man and everything that he's brought to the game of baseball as well as to the culture and how he just continued to break barriers. And there's different things, like I said, I didn't know. And I really enjoyed my tour of there. And it's really a great exhibit. Make sure you check it out if you have a chance to. It's not going to be around forever. So make sure you just go out there. It's, uh, it's worth the trip. And I'm looking forward to the full museum for uh, Jackie Robinson. It should be great. Downtown Manhattan. Everyone check it out. Uh, it should be just what we need for today's environment and just all the, the different problems that we've had in society in regards to race. And we got to understand the importance of what we mean to each other before we can even talk about excelling and, and just being better in this world. So it's it's just important to just know our history and and learn to avoid the problems that we had in the past. It's really important. So um thankful for that. And like I said, uh, next week, new episode, new season. This is Sports Social with Eddie Stein Jr. Catch you next time. <laughs>